This is the uh, start of Dixon Jane's podcast, number 978, and I'm cheating a little bit. It's uh, still 2023, but you'll be hearing this in 2024, next year, so Happy New Year! It is actually Sunday, December 31st, about 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, I've got to go pick up the um, sushi maki tray and uh, the tempura at 5 o'clock at Niji, our favorite local. And, um, yeah, that'll be sort of the start into our special New Year's meals. Uh, when I left home, Nalco was very busy in the kitchen. There were, there was fish and things out. There was pots on the stove with stuff I couldn't necessarily identify. The fridge was packed full of stuff. She had been to, uh, Japantown and her favorite Jap- Chinese grocery stores, and uh, was going through making. It's called Oseishi Riori or Oseishi Riori, special food for New Year's. She does this every year. I just was doing on, um, you know, going through when you do Facebook and it gives you these uh, ten years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, whatever. And I'm seeing all these pictures, in particular the tempura soba. Soba means for long life. So late in the evening, uh, there would always be soba. I'm hoping there will be soba again tonight. And we'll add the tempura from Niji into that. And it's just a treat. It's just so tasty anyway, Japanese soba. But it's this is the celebration. I mean, the last podcast you listened to, it was about Christmas. And that's what I grew up with. And my family members celebrate. But uh, Naoko being Japanese, New Year's is the special time. And it was quite wonderful. Like once Christmas was done, the cards were gone and other decorations are put up and hangings on the wall. And now this flurry of activity in the kitchen. So uh, it's kind of wonderful. And the kind of brain I have, I I like the change up. I like the, hey, this is different. This is new. This is, I'm having to ask, you know, last night I double checked. What is it? Akimeshte omedeto? Yes, that's how you say Happy New Year's. Um... And, you know, just things. So I'm excited. But anyway, this is this podcast will finish in 2024, and I'll be on to other things. But right now it's New Year's Eve, and uh, the New Year is coming up. I'm, I know there'll be uh, some physical decline in 2024, but I, I'm hoping I will stay on a very positive mindset and uh, learn new things and accept new challenges and uh, gosh golly aim still to try and be a better person a kinder person uh, a more generous person a more loving person whoa that is such a lot to ask for um anyway i had a few things i wanted to uh, just talk about just to get this thing kick started and get it out of my system uh, I've been for my walk. I'm trying to uh, take a walk every day. I did about 3,800 steps so far today. That's good for me and not the 10,000 most people aim for. But if I can hit 4,000 in a day, oh my goodness. Speaking of steps, here comes the walker. I, <laughs> I did my walk on Burkdale Ravine. It's a straight, well, it's a winding path, but it's smooth pavement. And it's a long walk. You go to one end and all the way back to the other end. And it takes about uh, ooh, 43 minutes return. I'm, I'm timing these things now. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I decided I'd start my podcast uh, here in the parking lot where there's a much better view. And sure enough, who comes into view but the walker. Um, I would like to do a segment. I, I mean, I do a segment every podcast. I should have a bumper for it, like... Uh, Digital mishaps. Uh, that's not very good, but something, you know, with some echo. Digital mishaps. Is mishaps even the word? I, I use mishaps because it's an old person's word. And I have digital problems, as you know, with everything. So one of my favorite apps has always been the ESO 
app. You go up to the SL station, you get out your iPhone, you just uh, tap on it, and bam, you've already got your uh, optimum points added on, and that's it. You don't fish out of your wallet for cards or anything. I'm waving to them. And um, you just, it's done. And then they switched. and said, oh, we're not doing that anymore. We have a new one, uh, SO Mobile app. And I thought, okay. So I've tried that at my local station a few times, and it just doesn't work. It, you know, you get this pay for fuel, and then it disappears. And it knows where you are. It knows the app. It tells you where you are. But it just doesn't let you get to that little button you push for pay for fuel. And I get very frustrated, very angry, go into my wallet, get my cards out, then don't have the optimum card. Oh, now I find out if you enter your your phone number, it'll credit your optimum points. Okay, well, that's something. But still, it's just a pain. Why isn't it working? And so, of course, right away I... I went to the help and did everything that's there, made sure my cards are valid and activated and everything else. And it doesn't work today. I I filled my car yesterday, went through this whole damn routine. Today I'm driving my wife's car. I thought, I'm going to fill this up. And I pass a big SO station on Eglinton, close to my house, but not my regular one. I thought, i got to try. And sure enough, I make a U-turn on Eglinton safely. Pull into there, pull out the app, bam, here you are. This is a place. What do you want to do? Pay for fuel, bam, it works perfectly. I was, of course, thinking, what have I done wrong? Why isn't this working? It's that SO station that is closest to my house. Whatever they've got when they, they, they haven't upgraded their system at that particular garage. So this other one, so it's not the app. Uh, but it is the garage I was using. Anyway, I was relieved to find out this is not me screwing up. It's my garage. Why Why was that important to share? Perhaps not. Secrets of the universe. That's important to share. I decided instead of getting on and looking at what happened in 2023 and all that stuff, which initially I wanted to watch and then realized, no, it's going to be about Hollywood entertainment and crap and it's all American. So instead I put on this series on um, Amazon Prime called Secrets of the Universe. And it's just, you know, the first one's black hole. It's like, I don't understand any of this stuff, but I love the visuals and the deep voice telling you about these amazing things. Uh, and then just went through a few of them. And today was the creation of the moon and, you know, the different theories. The race to the moon between the Russians and the Americans, that was so interesting. You know, and the Americans getting there and landing and walking on it at the same time the Russians were just landing a, a probe that actually crashed. And uh, didn't work, so that was really in, in Russia's face. But, of course, they were winning the race long before. Um, our outer system, outer limp Voyager, okay, Voyager of spacecraft, or the spacecraft Voyager, was launched in 1977. The outer limits of our solar system, it's heading to a billions of miles from Earth now, okay? It travels at 16 kilometers a second. So, you know, you can put that in miles per hour if you're more comfortable. You you do the math. I'm not going to get my calculator out, even though I have one on my phone. Could do it for you. Um, 16 kilometers a second, Voyager. It will pass within four... Four what? <laughs> uh, light years, I guess. I don't know. For something of uh, the nearby star Sirius. So our nearby star Sirius, you all know, um, it's going to pass uh, near Sirius, but at that rate of speed, it's going to take 290,000 years. These are regular Earth years. 290,000 years before it can reach our nearest star. Traveling at that speed. My God. You want to know the speed? Y- you do, don't you? Okay, hey, man. So 16 miles in a second. You just have to multiply that by, or 16 kilometers. You just have to multiply that by 60, right? 
So 960 kilometers, uh, so say 1,000 kilometers, that'd be 600 miles. Oh, a minute? Okay, and times another 60. Oh, my God. I've already lost. Anyway, it's really... <laughs> it's fast, all right? It's fucking fast. It's amazing. Even though it's that fast, it's going to take 290,000 miles or years uh, to get to Sirius within four something or other of Sirius, whatever they are. Anyway, sorry. I kind of botch. <laughs> if you listen to the show, you'll get more accurate information, all right? I'm just recommending that. Really, the point was, it's just so mind-blowing, even trying in the smallest possible way to conceive of reality. Okay? You want me to repeat that? I said it as slowly and clearly as I could. It's just mind-blowing. You look at you look at atoms and the subatomic nature of 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 atoms. It just the smallest possible or impossible to conceive of things matter and then the vastness in this other scale, the other direction of the universe. And you think, well, we'll not compute, we'll not compute, we'll not compute. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just impossible to fathom. And so you have to launch yourself back into, well, here I am. I'm a human. Oh, my goodness. The the walker has just stopped by, and he's got a Happy New Year party hat. Somebody must have given it to him. He's carrying it. He's quite happy. He's showing people. It's a nice one. I'm going to have to stay until he goes the third time. Yeah, he's holding that up. He's quite pleased with that. As I mentioned, he's there's something a little special about him, quite special. Uh, anyway, it's it just... And, and I guess the point of watching Secrets of the Universe was to get away from Hollywood, pop stars, all the other crap that that creates, that's part of the world that most of us can relate to, you know? Now, by the way, I watched uh, Saltburn last night. That is one weird movie. Uh, Saltburn. Uh, it was on uh, Netflix. Uh, I recommend it. But, um, you know, not uh, not family-friendly. Okay, I think we're just going to uh, leave it at that. I just wanted to get a start. I want a short start and uh, to welcome you into 2024. And, uh, yeah, that's all we're going to do for now. All right, Scarborough Dude. Signing out, I got I got things to do, and I hope that uh, ding, ding, I, I really hope that you can go into I'm in the Mazda. Some uh, no bell here, and it I'm not really going to reach around to the back bye. to uh, ring the bell on my walker, which is uh, folded up and uh, resting in the back seat, covered in uh, snow and ice. I'm at Thompson Park. Uh, I just did another extended walk. I'm very keen since since this uh, watch. It's tracking my steps. Like, I really want to keep them out. I almost made 5,000 yesterday. Uh, that will be a goal. Uh, and today I'm somewhere. I'm over 3,000 anyway. I did a long walk. Uh, it is winter, so we did have snow. The path, the paved path is okay, but there are many bridges in this park, metal bridges. And they are covered in snow and ice. And it's a bit treacherous with these walkers. And the handbrakes don't work. I mean, it's just a piece of rubber. You squeeze a, a handle like on a bicycle, and this little thing comes down and tries to touch the wheel. But if the wheel is wet or got snow on it, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to stop. So you got to be extra careful. But it was a good walk, healthy, and I'm just glad I did it. It is 2024. It's a January 1st, so I was uh, podcast yesterday, the last day of the year, now the first day of the year, and I'm back. Um... And kind of happy about that. It was a nice New Year's. Um, I was shocked. There was virtually no coverage of Canadians celebrating New Year's. I know a year, a couple of years ago, there was stuff from all over Canada 
I guess, on CBC, and that takes a big budget. You know, you got crews and, and all the stuff that came. And I think everybody's cut back uh, on fireworks, on displays, and on television. So there was nothing. There was just what you could get on the American channels, and those are just, ugh, ugh. Dick Clark's NYE and... Uh, um, CNN had something, you know, with what's-his-name, and oh, my God. The only thing I could find was something from Hamilton. <laughs> if you if you know Toronto, you know Hamilton, and it was... Ugh. So I did switch over for the dropping of the ball and saw this old man on stage singing, and I thought, who the fuck is he? Like this, ugh. I mean, it wasn't a good variation. I think it was a nice choice of song, although uh, the on the internet today, it was no horrible choice of song and a horrible rendition. It was Paul Anka. I only found out because my sister told me. Oof. But uh, anyway, I stayed up, and uh, my wife stayed up, and uh, toasted, and welcomed in the new year. We had a feast of sushi, far too much. There's even some left over today, uh, sushi maki rolls, and then tempura, and it was very good, but we, we were full. And by 3 o'clock in the morning, I had a bad case of indigestion, so much so that I had to come downstairs and do my wordle at 4 in the morning. Um... But, uh, you know, bounce back to normal today. Got in my sleep, after all. And boy, do I ever love this sleep tracker on uh, the watch, too. I think that is the coolest thing. So listen, a little bit of follow-up. Yesterday, we were talking about uh, Voyager and its journey. So I'm going to read to you. The Voyager webpage says that Voyager is only traveling about, remember we were trying to do the math, uh, 34,391 miles per hour. That's that's for the American listeners out there, right? So about 35,000 miles per hour. And it's slowing down. Uh, Sirius is something like 8.6 light years away. This again, that's supposed to be the nearest star, right? Sirius, I believe. Um, which is about 51 trillion miles. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do the math they did the math for you, okay? They did the math for us all. If Voyager speed was constant and didn't slow down that much more, it would still take, according to them, 168,000 years to reach Sirius. So uh, anyway, there you go. Um, a highlight of my New Year's Eve was going through the channels and well, what the hell can I put on? And I, you know, there's always stuff on YouTube, but I found on this religious channel, which, mm, um, they had a documentary, a CBC documentary on Gordon Lightfoot. And what a wonderful, I recorded it. I'm so glad I did because I'll watch it again. His entire life, like it was done 19 or 20, maybe 2019. You know, he's, he died, I believe this year. Um, so it was quite recent. We saw the old man, Gordon Lightfoot, reflecting back on his life, but showing him as a kid up in Aurelia, showing him at the various stages in his life, and in particular, the folk scene in Toronto, um, where, you know, there was, was it the riverboat, I think, which I had actually visited. Didn't see him there, but, uh, saw others, um, I forget what it's... Yorkville was the area. Now it's all yuppified and so on. But it was the the, the our answer to uh, Greenwich Village in a very small Canadian version. But, boy, the love I have for Gordon Lightfoot and, and the respect and the, the pride as a Canadian in Leonard Cohen, Joni Mitchell, Gordon Lightfoot, right up there. I guess that's a triumphant right there. And then you got to throw in Stompin' Tom Connors, but uh, he wouldn't have uh, universal appeal. But Lightfoot was big in the States and did make it big. He he had a problem with alcohol for many, many years. And uh, uh, Hangout was fell in love with the woman who gave the speedball that killed uh, John Belushi. Ugh. So uh, she was a tough customer. She was in the video. But it was it made it, hey, this is my way of so This is my Canadian New Year's Eve. Thank you very much. And uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It was great. 
Um, so, oh, you know, that may be it. Um, a highlight of the walk today, there were three women standing on a bridge, and I, I guess East Asian, I mean, all lovely dark hair, and all with absolutely beautiful smiles, maybe in their 20s, they were all friends, maybe related, I don't know, but playing with a little bit of snow that was on the bridge. And it was just delightful, and I have my earbuds in, and just, I always smile and greet people, and sometimes mouth, uh, you know, hello, you know, how are you, whatever. And they said something, and so I took the earbud out, and it was just a happy New Year greeting. And it was so nice to come from strangers. And I stopped and chatted, as I do. This is a thing I talk about, you know, when people are friendly. And, and uh, I, basically, I just told them how lovely, how happy it made me feel to see their beautiful smiles. That's what I said. And it was lovely. It, it, it just was one of those things. Now, I stopped after the bridge and thought, you know, Kim... That would be such a nice picture to take. I always post a picture when I'm in the park. and Wouldn't that be nice, these three ladies? And I stopped myself because I, I thought it through and thought, no, okay, take out the earbuds under the iPhone, all the trouble of just getting it ready. But then going back, and after having a nice exchange, maybe one of them might have thought, is that a bit creepy? Because I would have told, oh, I'd like to take a picture and post it, you know, and... and why, you know, and realize, no, Ken, no, no, you don't have to. You saw that smile in real life. That was enough. And now you're telling your friends about it. Jesus, man, why do you have to hold on to everything, right? Why do you have to grab everything and throttle it? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, but it was a beautiful exchange, and it, it just made me happy, and, and that's what we need so much more of. And, and it was just right, just the way it was. No photo needed. Thank you very much. So I think that's it. I just wanted a short one here. Maybe I'll put in a Lightfoot song. I, I've just fa- – it, oh, it's got every one of his albums. So, I mean, most of the songs I know, a few I just don't know. But I fast-forwarded to find out, oh, where is my favorite Gordon Lightfoot album – Old Dan's Records, the one we listened up in the Yukon, 1975, when we were living in Porter Creek. Uh, by golly, that is a fine album. But it's connected, you know, forever with that wonderful, free-spirited, drunken summer. So uh, maybe you'll hear a, uh, a Lightfoot tune in this podcast, thanks to my... Uh, my Spotify subscription. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign out. I'm gonna get back home. Nelko, when I left, she had had four special containers, each one sort of hand arranged of Osei to take to friends at work, to people at work that she had made. And when we talk about this, it's not like you make a, you know, a meatloaf and mashed potatoes. <laughs> This is like hand-cut and carved and shaped pieces, sometimes just a single one of them, and different things that are, they represent different things. I mean, I couldn't tell you about it. You can you can look that up, Google it, uh, Japanese New Year's food. But she had made a whole lot of them, and then one special one for her friend who was going to drop by. Yeah, actually, probably has already picked it up now. Uh and and that's just lovely. I mean, she went and it, it's, the, again, the thing I like. This is for her Japanese friends. It's not for me and Daniel. Most of the stuff we wouldn't like or wouldn't appreciate or understand. And I think that's just great. We had our you know sushi maki tempura. That stuff we get, you know. Uh, but all these extra specials that she went out of her way to uh, to prepare are for other people who will appreciate them. And I and I think that's just lovely. That just makes me happy too. So. Uh, Scarborough Dude coming to you on New Year's Day, first day of January 2020, of 2024, and uh, wanting to keep this one positive and upbeat. This year, I mean, not this podcast, this year. So uh, we got a long road ahead of us, but uh, let's just see how it works. Scarborough Dude, signing out. Happy New Year to all of you, my friends, my dear friends. Thank you, thank you. Bye for now. Ding dong, ding dong. That was the double ding dong. When I'm calling you,
If you refuse me, I will be blue and waiting all along. But if when you hear my love call ring and clear, down a bit now. I think you get the idea. I'm calling you. Isn't that gorgeous? Now, this is another find for me anyway. Maybe not for you, but uh, 50s Country. This is my playlist now on uh, my... Um, I, I come up with words like porphilia. You know, what is this thing that I'm playing? Ah. <sighs> Anyway, that's Indian Love Call, Slim Whitman. And um, as I was walking, I've, I've got, I've had enough. I reached my max of, uh, you know, infinite indie folk or whatever it was I was listening to. I tried, probably I lasted half a minute at most of, I don't know, new stuff in Canada. And just, oh, fuck you, fuck you, that isn't music. Fuck you. So I had to go to the other extreme. I had to go to music where you could hear the lyrics. Because that's what I grew up with, right? This 50s, this... Like, I know every single song. Well, almost. I'd say 90%. That I would have heard on the radio in the day. I would have... Some would have had records. Like, uh, Johnny Cash, don't take your guns to town, son. Leave your guns at home. But stuff you you heard there is a, a ballad, a story. Uh, you know you could follow along. The the singers had to make the words with their mouth. You could hear it. You know it wasn't there was nobody dancing in the background. It was just uh, it was music, music with words you could understand. So uh, anyway, I'll leave it at that. Some of this stuff you'd love, some of it you'd hate. Oh my God. Cattle Call, Saddle Tramp, Folsom Prison Bruce. It's a great, a great list. Anyway, enough of that. I know you don't want to hear, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this down even more in the background. Uh, but I'll get back to it on my own time. I'm at Thompson Park, but this time I'm here at 9:30 in the morning. I'm never here at this time, but I've just dropped my son off to catch his bus to get to work. He's training uh, another salesperson today, so he's got to get in a little early. And man, oh man, I mean, leaving home just after 9, not getting home till 11.30, that's a long day. He's putting in the time. Um, and he's not entirely 100% recovered on top of that from this flu or low-level, you know, COVID or whatever it was he had. But anyway, here we are in the present. Let me... That's kind of the old change subject thing. Let's let's get geared back into the now. It's a sunny day. Uh, it's cold, but it's beautiful, and it's it's green. It's green. There's no snow here. This is this is not winter. This is just brisk weather. Um, you know, I didn't bring my walker with me, so we're not going for a walk this morning. I just sort of uh, got out of the house, and I thought, you know, bring your recorder with you and uh, get started early for a change. See if that. Changes the flow, changes the content. So let's see what we've got for content. Do I have any notes? Uh, yeah, I've got one. Trying is lying. Trying is lying. That came up in our men's group uh, Tuesday morning. I had men's group, and boy, it's it's good conversation. This time there's nine. There's anywhere between nine and twelve of us. Uh, people ranging from. Uh, late 60s to uh, 92, our eldest, who I would say if everybody has the sharpest mind and uh, is very fit, uh, quite a character, well-educated. He is our, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give things away here. It is confidence, but uh, uh, it's I'm, I'm very pleased to be a part of this group. Uh, anyway, yeah, trying is lying. Uh, our leader... Has been in therapy, been a, I think a, a 
a counselor, a therapist, uh, certainly what do you call a person who leads a group? Um, oh, oh, I hate this not having words on the t- words on the tip of your tongue, but that's where they stay. Facilitator, thank you. Um, and he's very good at it. Um, but the discussion got around to, I guess, I suppose the meaning that I interpreted was when you say you're trying, it's almost a cop-out. I mean, you have to do something. You have to make the change. You have to step up and, and actually do the thing, you know. You know, go for counseling if that's what you need to do, but not not saying I'm... I'm as soon as you're saying I'm trying, you've, you've maybe bought time or bought a way out, you know. It didn't work. Anyway, that was my interpretation. I don't know why that's the only note I made. Um, somebody else, the line, spending a lifetime undoing your shoulds, how how we beat up on ourselves with the shoulds, all the things we should do. And you know how I hate that word, but uh, it's pretty common uh, in other people's lives. Oh, I, I should, I should. And it's this, this nagging obligation. And I think a lot of people, if you're li- truly living in the present, you're doing what you're doing now. Here I am. Hey, I made a decision. Quick this morning. Hey, Kim. As long as you're driving your son, just put your uh, little bag in with your recorder and uh, head off to the park. Something new, something different. It'll change things up a little bit. So here we are. Listen, this song, boy, oh boy. You know, I have just heard this dozens and dozens and dozens of times and, and, and love the fact that it's a story. And as a kid hearing this, I'm picturing that, man, when he's got to get back to that senorita. He's got to see her before. That's all he lives for. And they're after him, man. Hey, you're a killer. You're a wanted man. All the other cowboys are coming to kill him. And he knows that. But, man, she just, she, she just, it's hopeless. He's dying. And she just shows up and just gives him a kiss as he dies. Like he dies. But listen to this. Listen to that. Maybe tomorrow a bullet may find me. Tonight nothing's worse than this pain in my heart. And at last here I am on the hill overlooking El Paso. I can see Rose's cantina below. My love is strong and it pushes me onward. Down off the hill to Felina I go. Off to my right I see five mounted cowboys Off to my left right a dozen more Shouting and shooting I can't let them catch me I have to make it to Rose's back door Something is dreadfully wrong for I feel A deep burning pain in my soul Stay in the saddle I'm getting weary Unable to ride But my love for the leader Is strong and I rise Where I fall Though I am weary I can't stop to rest I see the white puff of smoke From the rifle I feel the bullet go deep in my chest Oh my god From out of nowhere The leader has found me Kissing my cheek as she kneels by my side Cradled by two loving arms that I'll die for One little kiss and Felina Goodbye <sighs> that, that is this music Like that, that just... It, it makes me, it just makes me cry every time. Like, I mean, I really, I was that cowboy. I, I, I just felt that. Oh, my God. Oh. It, it just, uh, anyway, well, I don't need to convince you. And if you, if you don't like it, okay, hey, you're, you're, you're of a different age. This is what it means to me. To have been impressionable in the 1950s. No, I'm not talking about the beat generation. I'm talking about cowboy music and cowboys on television. And oh, wonderful thing to have grown up with. Really, as strange as that may seem. Okay. Oh God. Whew. Honestly. 
<sighs> it's hard to move on from there, but <laughs> there's there's no connection that I that I want to make between uh, that and hate crimes. Uh, but I'm going to have to go there. Um, Toronto police say it's hate crime hate crime unit. The fact that there is a hate crime unit, uh, the man who intentionally drove his car into a Muslim family of innocent people, uh, you know, parents and I guess the two children, I think, uh, uh, and mowed them down and killed them. He's getting sentenced today, and it, and it's it was just a horrific thing to do, and it was simply brought on by his hatred of Muslims. He could tell by the clothes they were wearing, and he he did this intentionally, and he you know got himself caught, and that's it. It's tragic, and I I still cling on to this hope that Canada is a place of hope and open-mindedness and tolerance and forgiveness and, and, and love and uh, all those things that just really aren't true anymore. Um, but I want to. I still want to believe it. Um, but we all know the news in the background. And so yesterday, here I'll just read out the clipping, Toronto police say it's hate crime unit is investigating a fire at a Jewish-owned grocery store that was also spray-painted with the words Free Palestine. So, Jewish-owned. It was called IDF, which uh, they say stood for International Delicatessen Foods. It's been been around for a while. Uh, But IDF is also the initials of Israeli Defense Forces. Maybe there's some mistaking there, but... The people who targeted it knew what they were targeting because they sprayed that free Palestine on the doors and set it on fire. Uh, and so the response uh, from the police was, this is not graffiti on a bus shelter. So people are saying you, you can't control everything and people are going to get out there and spray and state their opinions. I don't like it. I don't like graffiti. And we're not talking art here, we're talking about political slogans or whatever, or gangland tags, you know. Uh, This is not graffiti on a bus shelter. This is not lawful protest protected by constitutional right. This is not a lawful process. You're not allowed to uh, set somebody's business on fire. This is a criminal act. It is violent. It is targeted. It is organized. And we're going to get the people who did this. And I sure hope they do, because... Canada is made up of multicultural groups, so there, there there's already been large demonstrations in the streets, you know, pro-Palestine, anti-Israeli, pro-Israeli, anti, you know, Hamas, and, and all of this is going on, and that's natural, and, you, and you, you can't stop that. And if there are parades and people aren't fighting and throwing rocks and Molotov cocktails at each other, okay, so be it. Yeah, state your opinion and so on, but... When it comes down to actual acts of violence, of, uh, you know, physical intimidation and so on, you got to clamp down on it and you just hope that, look, 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 here, we don't need that. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah, you feel strongly, but you just, you just can't do that. So I don't have anything else to say about that. It's just, it's sad. It really is sad that it's got to that, but it's sad that uh, there is so much Hatred. I won't even call it ignorance because these people feel really strongly that they have a they have a, a reason. But you, you, you don't. You just don't do that. You just don't do that. Hey, this is a man running a business. He has a right to in Canada. Doesn't matter if you don't like his business or what he eats or sells or uh, his religion. You know, you just you just can't do that. All right. Uh, I guess I I did send in a uh, just for a little bit of a change. I sent in a, a quote by Martin Buber, I don't think I've mentioned this, for the um, men's group. And I'll read it out. It was a, it was a Kickstarter. No con- preconceived code can see ahead to everything that can happen in a man's life. Okay, There's no way of knowing what your future is, what's going to happen. And this could be, uh, you know anything, that act of the owner of that delicatessen, a customer used to go there. Uh, There's no way you can know the course 
of life. Uh, let's go back to uh, Islam here. What I used to see in Nigeria on the buses or trucks, only God know tomorrow. You know, you, you can't possibly know only the divine. But, of course, that's ridiculous because uh, God don't know tomorrow. Uh, if you studied all the laws of physics, you're going to understand the rotation of the planets and the, the, the burning out of our own sun in billions of years and all, and all of that. But in the course of mankind, by God, it gets really tricky. Um, and, and we won't get into that discussion of uh, whether everything is already determined. As we live, we grow and our beliefs change. And this is hopeful too, isn't it? As we live, we grow and our beliefs change. Yeah, that is true. They must change. Oh, So I think we should live with this constant discovery. If we are living now, and I'm interpreting Bubert here, thank you, should be to be to accept that and, and to be aware that hey, this is about growth. That that what you're learning now, what we're what we're experiencing, what we're thinking about, what the impact of something we read or even see in the news or whatever, will have an impact. Um, we, so we have to live with this process of constant discovery. We should be open to this adventure in heightened awareness of living. We should be open to this, the fact that we can't predict everything, we can't know. And, and I guess he's getting it. We should be celebrating this. We should be, you know, joyful at the fact that we don't know that it's all about discovery in the, in the moment, in the present. We should stake our whole existence in our willingness to explore and experience. We should stake our whole experience, or our whole existence, in our willingness to explore and experience. So, you know, I, I think to a large degree, I've, I've lived a lot of my life that way and some of the changes I make. And, and I know for some people, they're much more comfortable with the predictable, like with following a routine. Like, I know what I have to do tomorrow. I know what I have to do five days a week in my job and what times and and want that structure and it's just easier uh, but that wasn't something for me and I, and but for various reasons I, I would say deficiencies on my part I could not fit into a box if people say oh you're a teacher well not really I'm an ESL teacher well you know what do you, what's that mean well that means <laughs> there's far less structure and I can get a job here or there and I can sort of do things my way uh, and it just, you know, didn't have to follow a, a, a routine and it just, it just wouldn't fit. I, I could not have managed. And it's funny cause I can picture myself in, as an elementary school teacher. If I didn't have those deficiencies, if I, if I was just somehow, my brain <laughs> worked a little better. It's not, not about being smart enough. It's not about that. I am smart enough. I could, I could handle. I, I mentioned elementary school I, because I guess maybe I remember my grade five teacher who uh, made quite an impression on me. Not in the best of ways always, but um, I couldn't. I couldn't follow the routines. I couldn't do the daily routine. I couldn't keep up with the the demands of you know the the work at night of marking and catching up. And basically doing what I was expected to do. Maybe that's it. I just could not do that. And um, so, therefore, I've led the life I have. And now here we are, borrowing money on a line of credit to pay the bills. But, whoa, that was a leap. Sorry. Ooh, take that back. My God. All right. I think, um, I think I'm think i sort of uh, done here. I think I want to get back. To, I'm going to get a walk a little later on. I'm. My goal is 5,000... Uh, steps a day. I've only hit that once. That's about three kilometers, I think. Um, but I've been close on most other days. Uh, I'm still fascinated by uh, my sleep patterns. Um, would you like to know a little more about that? You probably don't, but I'm going to uh, share it with you anyway. What about my last night's sleep? Let's see. The time of sleep was quite amazing. Um, it, it, I was in bed for 8 hours and 45 minutes. I went to bed early to read. I was asleep, according to this, for 7 hours and 51 minutes. Holy shit, that's the longest yet. 
Uh, in terms of deep sleep, that's the, you know, eight minutes. So that's a longer than normal, and that occurred about uh, five in the morning. Deep sleep. The REM time, this is the rapid eye movement, you know, when you're dreaming, when you have all these vivid dreams. Uh, to me, they're almost hallucinations. They're, they're vivid, and I often remember them, or I'll wake up right after and uh, be able to recall it. Um, I was an hour and 57 minutes, almost two hours in REM, which is more than, than usual. Um, and of that time, uh, only eight minutes deep sleep. That's usually I get five, so I don't know about if you were younger, how much deep sleep do you get? Gosh, the night before, I had zero minutes deep sleep. That's when I was awake for two hours, crazy, and only had six hours sleep. Gee, it's amazing. Anyway, (laughs) I apologize. I know that is not interesting to listen to at all. Uh, I do apologize. Um... But it, it, it fascinates me that, that uh, I don't know how uh, this watch, which is now telling me what the song is. Okay, this is Lefty Frizzle, uh, you know, or Frizzell, sorry. I love you a thousand ways. Uh, the, the, this watch, this incredible fucking technology, it's telling me what's being played. I could fast forward to the next song if I wanted by just pushing a button, pause it, whatever. The fact that I'm wearing it on my wrist and it's getting all this data? How is that possible? I just don't know. Like, it it could be faking this. This could be a made-up chart, you know? There's nothing true in there at all. We don't know. We just know we've got the algorithms. We've got all these patterns. You know, we're going to map this out for you. And, of course, your friend's going to be different. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, (laughs) It's my favorite (laughs) <laughs> favorite part of the Apple Watch. Uh, it measures my sleep. Love it, love it, love it. All right, Scarborough Dude, feeling a little giddy now, a little happy. Maybe that's because of the music I'm playing. I don't know. Um, what what have we got next? Oh, yeah. You see, this stuff... Oh, listen. I'm going to finish with this. Nineteen fifty-seven. I remember this where we lived, Beaconsfield, in, a, in a, an apartment on the water, on Lake Saint Louis. Well, she kissed me again because she had kisses sweeter than wine. She had kisses sweeter than wine. Sweeter than wine. So I'm nine years old, and this has made such an impression. I want to be in love. I want love. I want someone to kiss. She had kisses sweeter than wine. Ooh, ooh, kisses sweeter than wine. Sweeter than wine. Oh, man, I just, like, this was on the radio, right? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That's it, folks. That's it. That's the big one. Yep. Sitting in the front seat, driver's seat of uh, Sal, my road trek, in the driveway. I was on a bench all set to um, start this podcast, and I realized it's miserable, it's cold, it's not a nice day. I I can see my house. Why the hell not you just go back home and uh, start from start from Sal? Uh, so here we are. That's it. Damn, minute wasted. I got the timer going. And uh, I got a few things to wind this episode up. You know, if you're counting or aware of the numbers, I'm going to hit 
number 1,000. I figure next spring, around the time, uh, I'm thinking towards the end of April. And, uh, you know, not sure how I'm going to commemorate that. I, I usually do, but, uh, you know, make a big deal of it, you know, something or other. So today I went on um, Apple on the stats. You can go for podcasts. You can look up your podcast and see how many are listening or not listening and uh, so on. And I've got the same because some people subscribe in different ways. Uh, those who subscribe at all uh, through Blogspot, you know, and there's, there's different ways. But if it's on, if you're subscribed through iTunes, it should keep a record. And the numbers are just in the two digits, but that's fine. That's okay. We're not going to complain about that. But what I'm thinking about is if you are a long-time listener or if you joined recently and you figure, you know, I'll keep going, which seems less likely, uh, or you listen even occasionally and you enjoy it, you know, and I understand why people wouldn't, hey, it's an hour a week. Who's got an hour a week to spare? Nobody. And even if you fast forward, you know, half an hour, that's still asking a lot when there are so many other podcasts out there and all the stuff on YouTube and it's just so much to consume. Why would you spend that time with me? And uh, I'm going to go back. And well, what I did was when I, I got on to the iTunes and the stats and so on, I looked up the reviews. Now, I haven't had a review since 2000. Oh, here's one, 2014. Dave Delaney. Thanks, Dave. Um, but that was sort of, I think that was the newest. Everything else is 210, 211, 206, you know, uh, going way back. And what I would like and what I'm asking you is to post a review. If you're still in there, if you're listening just do me this favor. Sometime between now and episode 1000, that gives you a lot of time. You got three months, say three months, but you know, you're going to forget. And I don't want to keep bugging you every, every episode. But what I'm asking is you post a review and an honest review. And I'm going to read out a sample. This is one that I, I, from somebody called Lost Burner, or use the name Lost Burner. I have no idea. I don't even know if I knew then. I tried finding Lost Burner. No, took me to the wrong places. This is from 2011, and it was titled An Undervalued Gem. Now, I, I, I probably did know who it was at one time, and I don't know now, damn it. So if you are, <laughs> here's a long shot. If you are Lost Burner or were Lost Burner, let me know uh, because I get a kick out of this one. An undervalued gem. That's a great uh, That's a great title. It's very strange that the Scarborough dude doesn't have more great reviews on iTunes. While he can be a bit of a blowhard, now we're going to get back to blowhard, but... Uh, you know, he, he says a bit of a blowhard, so we, we can forgive that. He offers an authenticity which can't be faked. He grapples with serious life issues honestly and lays his feelings bare in a way that you're not accustomed to seeing from all the gruff old man who's been through it all archetype. While the stories about his glory days can feel a little repetitive... Hmm, I came in through the XO carry-on episode, so I don't know which one that was. He is already aware and self-conscious about that repetition, which, for me, adds to the feeling of unpainted reality. Here's someone who brings us into his struggle to be more human, compassionate, sincere, and entertaining. God damn it, that's nice. Thank you so much. He has a lot in common with the guys I look to as role models and can really make an interesting listen from Daily Rambles. Thanks, Ken. Now, I really appreciate it. Now, what I do have to do, <laughs> because you know how sensitive I am, is go back and I had to look up um, Blowhard just to see if it did fit. So here we go. Here's Blowhard, okay? Several definitions. A person who blusters and boasts in an unpleasant way. Okay, unpleasant way. A boastful or pompous person. Hmm. An exceptionally boastful and talkative person. Well, talkative I am. An arrogantly hmm, and pompously boastful or opinionated person. Well, I am opinionated. Braggart. 
windbag. Oh, my God. That's a little harsh. Now, he did say a bit of a blowhard. So I'm cutting some slack here. Lost Bernie, you're forgiven. That's okay. Now, I had to look up boastful, too, while I was at it, because it, it came up in each of the definitions. Boastful. Showing excessive pride and self-satisfaction in one's achievements, possessions, or abilities. Ooh, is that a little close to the mark? Excessive pride and self-satisfaction in one's achievements, possessions, and abilities. Damn it, damn it, damn it, eh? Oh, well. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read another one. This is from Stevie Z. Uh, Stevie Z may not be listening, but he certainly was back in the day. Back in 2010, The Dude Abides. That was the title. This show offers a refreshing oasis in the modern crap storm of so-called reality TV in that the Scarborough Dude is what they profess to be, real. His show is part commentary on current events. Thank you. Part history lesson, thank you, and partly a glimpse of the everyday life of someone more real and normal than most. It's his normal daily trials and triumphs with everything from the mundane car and family updates to dealing with potential career-changing situations, back in the day, that makes this such compelling listening. It's that sense of, wow, this guy's messed up, just like I am. That makes this podcast a must-listen. Thank you very much, Stevie Z, 2010. How are we doing for time? Oh, still got a bit. Um, here's one from somebody called Cruz, C-R-U-Z. Don't know who that is, but it's from 2006. Remember, I just started in 2005. So uh, this is way back in the early days. It's called I Dig the Dude. I Dig the Dude. I like that. Whether stumbling back from the bar or tripping over gravestones, the Scarborough dude always reminds us to get the most out of every moment. This podcast is an old steamer trunk full of voyages, musical treasures, and gnarly narratives. Spontaneous and human. Wow. Now those are really good reviews. Oh my God, what's this? Okay, I got one more. Uh, and this gentleman, I believe I know who it is. This is from 2010. Sorry, I've just enough time to end up. And, and this is just to get you keyed up to make your own review. And, you know, put in, you know, be honest, you know. If you think I'm a blowhard, say so. Uh, easily my favorite podcast. Wow. Whew. I don't think so anymore. But back in 2010, I think it was. Uh, I don't think this gentleman listens now, but that's okay. The Dixon James podcast is literally what happens when you take a self-published zine and turn it into a kind of home-produced audiobook version of itself. Mm. It is unlike any other podcast I have ever listened to. Definitely an acquired taste. You will hear little else beyond the ramblings, a term I use with affection, of the Scarborough dude and the bits of music he tosses in to tie his spoken word clips together. I like that. Spoken word clips. Thank you. The dude can often be found podcasting in his natural habitat, sitting on a bench at Bluffers Park in Scarborough, Ontario, telling you about the things going on in his life. I love this. Topics he discusses range from the broadly political to the personal and mundane, but whether the dude is tackling world religions or the faulty electrical system in his car, his candor is complete. All is filtered through the lens of the dude's unique and personal worldview, making each week's episode something to look forward to and comes to feel like you've scheduled to spend shooting the bull with a friend. Like you've scheduled to... Okay, spend shooting the bull with a friend. All right, my timer's going off. Sorry. Just finishing up. All right, all right, all right. Got to stop that timer. Always thought-provoking, sometimes profane, occasionally funny. Each week brings up a new, oddly subversive, honest, and irreverent journey through the world of the Hunter S. Thompson of podcasting. Wow. It's difficult to explain, but this quirky podcast and this particular podcaster has a personal charm uh, that's unlike anything you've heard before. Thank you very much. How are you doing? 
Uh, I was just mailing to my uh, mailing to my mailman, <laughs> mailing to my waveman, waving to my mailman. Always a friendly guy. We usually chat, but I had the window closed. Scarber dude signing off. See you next week, and please send in a review. Uh, you can send it to me personally. Just post it on iTunes. That's where I want them. Post it on iTunes. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>